Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanee. Tiger style. Tiger style. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the South. Play Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond. And we are excited about a new guest that's going to be joining us on a Wednesday on Wednesdays, I guess I should say, moving forward. But instead, we've got him here today, Chris Landry. If you don't know him, go check out his website, LandryFootball.com. Everything you could possibly want to know about recruiting and scouting. Chris, welcome to the show. Thanks for taking some time out to join us today. And, And I really look forward to spending many, many Wednesdays chatting with you, not only about college football, but potentially where some of these guys could go at the next level. I'm doing good, Lawton. We're just, uh, gosh, you're middle of June, getting ready for some football, trying to get things back on track to uh, put uh, put behind these last few months and get ready for football. Now, for the people that may not know uh, your name yet, tell them a little bit about your background and, and sort of your role in college football and, and really scouting and, and recruiting. Well, my background, I was a, a college coach at LSU back years ago. Started off, uh, did some high school coaching. Coached at LSU, went to school at LSU, uh, and worked my way up to a full-time status there and was recruiting coordinator. Um, then I got into the NFL on Bill Belichick's staff in Cleveland and, um, you know, worked it was, you know with Saban and a number of guys and Worked on the coaching staff, uh, got into scouting. Uh, I was uh, I'd done part-time scouting work for one of the NFL scouting arms, Blesto, for years and really had an interest in the personnel side and got moved on that side. Um, then moved on and ran the scouting combine for, um, for a little bit, then moved to Houston uh, to um, run the Orler scouting department and then moved to Tennessee when – uh, the organization moved to Tennessee and uh, moved back home to my native uh, state of Louisiana when my parents got uh, ill and um, it looked after them and did uh, consulting work and part-time work for different NFL teams. And it just grew into a consulting business that has been going on strong for some times. I do work for college programs and NFL teams on uh, evaluating of um, and, and helping to set up um uh, you know, a, a process of grading using my background of, again, running the combine and 
running NFL scouting organizations to try to help a lot of college programs better evaluate players in recruiting. So I do a lot of seminars with college programs, help them evaluate college players, and then certainly do that in the NFL and involved in the draft, involved in advanced scouting. So everything from evaluating players from the college level um, down to the high school level, into the college level, into the NFL is what I do. Do a lot of coaching search work as well. That's part of what I do with Landry Football Operations. And then we started a website, LandryFootball.com, a few years ago um, when somebody said we needed to provide some of this access to the fans. And so that's the way we started it, and that's what we do. We break down the college game, the pro game, uh, from inside the film room, from a coaching and scouting perspective. That's what LandryFootball.com is all about. We've got a lot of podcasts that we're involved in um, and uh, certainly have uh, looking to add some really good people that we're hoping to join us here uh, soon. Um, we break down each conference. You know, when we go around the country, we get it all. So that's a, that's a long-winded answer for where I've been and what I'm doing and what we're all about. LandryFootball.com on Twitter, at LandryFootball. Chris Landry here on the show that shakes the Southland today. And so, Chris, from that standpoint, when you look at, and this is why I really wanted to get you on here today as we uh, get closer and closer to the college football season, uh, just to look at some of those key players on Clemson's roster right now and some of your evaluations of them and, and what you see. So let's start with, obviously, maybe the biggest name in college football, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, just from the physicality standpoint, you don't see quarterbacks that really look the way he looks and yet can do the things that he's done with his feet and matchups like you saw against Ohio State breaking off a huge touchdown run in that game what do you make of a guy like Trevor Lawrence and his you know aspirations for what the future could hold well the the first thing about Trevor it, it certainly jumps out at you is the physical skill set and I remembered him obviously in high school uh, coming out of Georgia and the first real eye-opening because I saw the tape and you see the physical skills. But when I went and um, visited with the coaches there at Clemson that spring, you know, they kept saying, this kid's special. And, and they're not talking physical skills. They're talking about this, his presence, his leadership skills that I thought, you know, they thought this, this guy could really take command of the team pretty early. That's a little unusual to be that have that sort of presence with him. I, I, you spend a little time and you know certainly he's a guy that that is very impressive but the people that are coaching him every day uh that I've known for years you know really that that really stood out to me and I so I had a feeling going in and I even said it that that the, don't be surprised if you know while Kelly Bryant will likely start the season uh, that Dabo is that type of guy that will go in and, you know, that staff's always been the type, hey, the, the next guy up, the veteran, that Trevor Lawrence is going to be the guy and he's likely going to be the guy sooner than later. So it didn't surprise me that he stepped onto the stage early, kind of took command. And, you know, the thing about it is he's still a young guy. He's still right. learning the game. Um, and he's got a long way to go. I mean, he can get a whole lot better, which is scary, but his physical skills are unique. Um, yes, there's a lot of talent around him. And a lot of the, the production is has been a little bit of, you know, you, you throw into some guys that are going to win 50-50 balls, and he makes a lot of plays. But more impressive than that is how he's becoming a little bit better command of things. You know, last year, some of the tape early, sloppy throws, sloppy footwork. He's learned how to 
make the most out of your game. You don't always rely on your physical skill set. And I think he's learning to do that. And I think that's why he's got such a good career, um, you know, beyond this year in the pro game. But still, in his eyes, I know has a lot that he wants to prove, you know, before he leaves uh, Clemson. Chris Landry, LandryFootball.com, on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk today. So so take us back to that national championship game. You're there in uh, Louisiana. You you know that LSU program. A lot of people put Clemson's loss on on Trevor Lawrence's shoulders for whatever reason. What what did you see from Lawrence in that game that either A, maybe uh, concerned you, or, or B, that you looked at and said, you know what, that's just a young kid that'll improve and grow? Well, I think the biggest thing going into that game and during the course of that game was the innate pressure that it puts on your offense to be perfect. Because LSU last year, with a few exceptions, quarter by quarter, game by game, was darn near perfect. They scored an inordinate amount of points. They first half against Florida struggled. Auburn threw some things at them that, you know, were not quite, you know, but but offensively that offense clicked all year long. So you go into that game to use a basketball analogy is you just, you got to keep up. And I thought what that did is put a lot of pressure on Clemson's offense because look, they, no one had the answer and they didn't play bad defense at Clemson. They were in position to make plays. LSU's athletes out-jumped them, and that's a little bit unusual because Clemson usually out-athletes other people. Even when they don't play their best, they find a way because they've got better athletes. In this case, it wasn't, and Joe Burrow was just sharp as a razor. And it, it just put a lot of pressure for the offense to be perfect for Clemson, and they weren't. And that's no um, – look, I know for a school that's made it a – a, a, a history of going to the playoffs and winning their fair share of championships that you expected all the time. I think they just ran into a buzzsaw. Whereas Alabama, they played in some shootouts, but they could rely on other things. I thought LSU did a good job defensively mixing up their looks. I thought they confused Trevor a little bit. And I think because he was forcing it a little bit, because we got to score every time mentality. Yeah. That's not always the way you tend to force things. And that's part of the maturity that's going to come with playing the game. In other words, if you're playing in another type game, you probably don't try to force it because you're going to live. Hey, we'll punt. We'll get it again. In this game, it felt like, my God, if we punt, I mean, we're, we're going to be down again. We're going to be down even more and more. I, I think that creates a lot of, you know, uh, uh, issues and a lot of extra pressure that I thought they just couldn't handle. I, I just thought LSU was better last year. They were just a little bit better than everybody that they played, and in some cases a lot better. And in this case, um, they just they just didn't have the answers. It was a really good Clemson team that ran into a buzzsaw. I think it was more about LSU and less about what Clemson didn't do personally. Sort of a twofold question here. Assuming Trevor Lawrence comes out, Chris, in, in your mindset, is he – the number one overall draft pick this year after his junior season. And let's take it back a notch. Had he come out this past year, would he have been the number one draft pick over Joe Burrow in your estimation? I think he'll be number one this year, yes. Um, 
probably not. Probably the Bengals still take Burrow, but it would have been a discussion. I don't think there was um, – there, you know, there were some people in this draft that uh, the uh, teams this year that liked Herbert and liked Tua. I, I think that I think Trevor would have been in the mix. But here's the thing about it: it's not just about when the guy's available, but when he's ready. I still think gotcha uh, that Joe Burrow is more ready right now. He's played more ball than Trevor, but I do think Trevor's got more physical skills, so that. You know, if you go and talk about this past draft, you know, well, then you're really talking about a young Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you're talking about a right. guy that's done. Now, I know Joe Burrow doesn't have great numbers, but Joe Burrow's played a lot of football. That means a lot. So it is a little bit apples to oranges comparison, but I do think Trevor would have been in the mix because I, I, you know, I really do. I mean, I listen, he'd have been in the mix after his freshman year, not <laughs> in the, not in the mix to come in and lead our team immediately. But everybody in the league that's quarterback shopping say, uh, I'll take that kid at Clemson, and if he's a freshman, I'll groom him for a couple of years, you know, or if he's a junior, he's going to be a little closer to being ready. But I don't know that anybody says, nah, I'm not really sold on his game. He's got the goods. It's just a matter of how ready is he. And I think he's going to be more ready after this season than he was after last season and even more than he was two years ago. So that's kind of how I look at it. It's not just about the physical skills. It's about the other things. Listen, Joe Burrow was certainly not a first round pick last year at this time. Not at all. Right. No way. But look at what he did, not only the production, but the growth. And it was really intangible because he's got good physical skills. He doesn't have Trevor Lawrence physical skills, but He's got really advanced football acumen, which I think Trevor can get in time. But, you know, Joe Burrow's growing up around the game. His dad's a coach. Joe Burrow had one class last year. He basically lived in the football room. And, and so he and he, he it was a kind of a magical year. But Trevor is going to be, I think, potentially great at the next level. He spent a lifetime covering football at all levels. Chris Landry here on Clemson Sports Talk today. So let's stay with a native from uh, your state, Louisiana, Travis Etienne. Most people have him pegged as the number one running back in college football. He was a former three-star, maybe a four-star, depending on where you look. And you and I have talked in the past about you know the, the rating systems, et cetera. But from that standpoint, what do you make of this kid and, and what really makes him so special heading into his senior season? Well, he's first of all, he does have talent. I think he was a little underrated coming out, but what it is is his intangibles. He is a high character individual. Yeah. He is a hard nosed runner. Uh he runs with great contact balance. He has great vision. He understands um you know, blocking schemes. He's patient, he's disciplined as a runner and those things are a little bit overlooked. I think people understand the intangibles of certain positions. I think they overlook that at running back. Hey, they just run it. It's just about speed. It's about quickness. He's got those things, but he can set up blocks very well. And that's why he's just gotten better and better and better. And I think he can be dynamic on the next level as a dual threat back in the modern game that can work in the passing game. 
uh, be bright enough and effective enough to cut block people, be a three down back, be a feature back. Um, you know, how high, you know, people always ask me, look, you, backs, he's one of those backs that can do a lot of things for you. Backs are plentiful and it's not that they're devalued, but it's supply and demand. And there are a lot of good backs. I think he's at, in that elite category among the best backs in college football, uh, but there are a number of them. So I don't know what that's going to mean for where he's going to go. But right now he's the best back on my early uh, draft board for 2021. On Twitter at Landry football, Chris Landry joining us here on the show that shakes the Southland today for just a couple of more minutes. And Chris, I know tiger fans are disappointed that Justin Ross won't be able to play this season. Um, due to uh, an issue that he was just born with. And so from that standpoint, he had healthy surgery last Friday. Uh, He'll be recovering the entire year. There's no determination yet whether he'll even come back for another season at Clemson. He could still decide that he wants to play his next football uh, professionally. But from what you've seen out of Justin Ross in his career, uh, you know, what makes him such a good football player and what do you expect to happen for him uh, after he kind of gets back to 100%? Size, strength, on the ball strength, the ability to go up and, you know, high point the ball, uh, make plays in traffic. It's all the, all the physical skills that you look for. He's got good speed. I think he's got to learn how to stem his routes a little bit better, but he's, you know, no slouch at that. He's in that elite category of, this year, it's where I had him with the in that same grouping with the Jamar Chases, Jalen Waddles, uh, Rondo Moore's that produce a different looking type receiver. Um, but you know, Jalen's kind of in that mold of the, the guy that's big that can be the X receiver that's going to really command a lot of attention. Um, really feel bad for him. Um, it's a tough situation. I, I worry anything spinal, it's just yeah. over my 30 plus years as a scout. Anything with backs or necks worry me. Just worry me about their future. So I, I did hear everything went well, and I'm hoping and praying. I and I looks and I feel great about you know where he's going to be, and we'll let the medical things fall as they may. You know, I'm disappointed for the young man because I think that that's where I saw him and I anticipated him, and you know I anticipated him having a great season. Now that we got to go down that path where he's not going to play, he will have a decision to make. Probably, if he comes out, you know, there's going to be a, some little question mark about, oh, he hadn't played all year long, and and you 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 have less exposure to him, meaning he's less less games to evaluate. So it's not that it hurts him as much as it helps the other guys that do have that exposure. So, you know, he's got to decide: does he come back to Clemson? and you know get that production in and then work his way to that next level and get drafted higher or just come out to where as you alluded to the next ball you play you get paid for and you're playing for your second contract and if you get drafted a little bit lower than you would have if you had a great year so what I mean that's the decisions he's going to have to make and it's going to be between him and his family and you know Dabble and the rest of them kind of decide what they want but the guys are really an elite talent and, and it's there was a, a boatload of receivers in last year's draft and there's a number of good ones in this year's draft too. Um, he, he'd have been in the mix of, of the top, you know, three or four best. I, I don't know where that's going to put him. 
if he doesn't play, you know, probably with the risk reward factor, there'll be some people that will grade him a little bit down medically, just out of concern of longevity that could affect his draft status. We just don't know yet. The doctors are out to decide that. LandryFootball.com. Head over there today. Check out everything that Chris has got for you. Chris Landry here on the show that shakes the Southland. Chris, looking forward to trying to keep you on during the, the Wednesday edition of the program. I know we're a day late this week, but I'd love to have these same conversations, not just about guys at Clemson, but guys around the country, buddy. I hope you have a great day. Hey, man, thanks for having me a lot, and uh, be good. We hit a quick break and come back with more as several Clemson Tigers address the peaceful protest planned on campus this Saturday. Stay with us. It is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan with you on a Thursday. Tim Bray coming up in just a little bit. And again, appreciate my buddy Chris Landry for hanging out with us there in the opening segment. Well, earlier this morning, we got a text message or an email from Clemson University's um, Ross Taylor saying that uh, the student athletes, Darian Wrencher, Trevor Lawrence, Cornell Powell, and Mike Jones Jr., who are all involved in a part of the events that are going to be taking place in Tigertown this weekend, what's being called the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration and March for Change. It's a part of uh, the Black Lives Matter movement, and this is a circumstance where these players have been heading this thing up. Dabo Sweeney is expected to attend, but uh, the guys talked about it and talked about you know where it all came from, how they came up with their idea, and so I wanted to run some of that audio for you here uh, on the show that shakes the Southland today. Yes, sir. Um, also, if this is we're gonna run a meeting. Whenever you guys speak, can you turn your cameras on so we can see your faces? Uh, we'd love to see who's ad- asking us questions. Um, but yeah, man, I think this group of guys has been awesome. I think it's been a collective, like a collected idea. We want to honestly respond in a way uh, we know we're accountable not only to our teammates, to our families, but also to our, our communities and to the world at large with the platforms we hold. And so we we kind of came together with a lot of people across the university. Um, and then the idea was to have, how can we gather people together ultimately to, to for something that's right to stand for Black Lives Do Matter um, and in a way that unifies our entire community together uh, with the resources that we, we do have. So we came up with the, the name is the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation? Where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission. At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. ...and a march for change. And it's been awesome to see so many people uh, on staff uh, that work at the university, even in the community, the police department, uh, city officials, everybody that it's been awesome to see our community come together in the shadows. Hopefully it'll be a great event 
on Saturday as we come together as a community and do something good. Hopefully it'll be a pivot moment as we join in on the fight that's going on in the world, which is like Black Lives Do Matter. We're fighting for inequality. Fighting for equality. There we go. Pass it to Trev. Yeah, so I mean, we're, we're, we're kind of going to echo each other because we've really been working together and trying to come up with something that would be just impactful. You know, we really want to do it the right way. And I think it's important. Like, we're not the first ones that have, you know, used our voice and that have tried to make a difference. Um, so that's like something that's important to us is to recognize kind of everyone that's come before us that's also made a difference. So that's first thing. And then just on top of that, like Darian said, just really wanted to bring people together. You know, we don't want it to be something that's looked at to divide further. We want to bring everyone together. And we think that's that's what's going to happen on Saturday. And just really excited to get the whole community. It's not just football team or baseball or just athletes. It's going to be open to the whole community, which will be which will be awesome. So just excited to be able to put it together with these guys. And we've been, you know, had constant communication with leadership on, you know, at the university and with the team. So it's been, you know, we've had full support, which has been really cool. Big Mike. Uh, yeah, so, you know, this whole thing kind of was just like, you know, I felt like, you know, my heart, you know, was really, you know, reaching for me to do something. And, you know, we guys, we all came together kind of like at the perfect time. And, you know, we, you know, we got to work and, you know, our whole staff is behind us. Obviously, you know, the community is behind us. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it was something we had to do. So, yeah, it's just a great way to use our platform and, and just basically get our message out that we want equality in um, everything that we do, uh, especially as a black community and to stop police brutality is really, is really sad to see some of the videos and hear some of the stories. But I feel like with this peaceful um, march that we're gonna have Saturday is really gonna bring the community together and, and really do justice for us. Uh, we're going to start with David Hale from ESPN.com. David, whenever you're ready, go ahead. Hey, thanks, guys. I uh, appreciate you doing this. Um, curious that any any one of you can can answer. But what has the last couple of weeks been like? As you've seen all the uh, the the unrest nationally, and certainly I'm sure those conversations are being had within uh, you know the smaller framework of the Clemson community and your team. What, what's it emotionally been like for you guys to see all of this? To uh, speak out on this and, and kind of have your voice heard as well. I would just say, uh, as like a young black man, it's been draining. Uh, I can't remember like the last time I've, I've been this emotionally drained, uh, just because I feel like all your emotions are just, are just are just flooded with everything going on. You look at your phone, I feel like it's constant videos of things that are just show the the evil in this world. Um, and I would just say at the same time, and it's uh, I feel like our generation really is kind of push the ball forward and take it take a step of our generation. I feel like every generation leading up to this point, we're just joining in on the fight and I feel like it's gonna look different for us to take a step. I feel like we're doing that. I think that's what we've done on our team, on our staff. And ultimately like that's what we wanna continue to do in our community as we join the fight of so many people that have been trying to fight for equality in South Carolina and at the world at large. Um, and we just seen people come together um, at the same time, people check their pain, their anger, which I think is a, there needs to be a place for that because there is a reason to be angry, a reason to rage because there's been so much injustice done for so long. But at the same time, it's been cool to see a lot of my non-Black friends or white friends come to the table and listen and actually for the first time believe. I think that's the biggest thing now is people are actually not just listening for the first time, but actually believing the stories that have, are that show a different different side of America for Black people. I think that's powerful. Um, and that's what we just hope to continue on. Like I feel like a lot of conversations have happened in the shadows. I think we just want to continue on this as we continue on. Like I feel like a lot of conversations have happened in the shadows. 
I think we just want to continue on this as we try to bring our community together to do the same thing to unite, but ultimately like to, to share the stories and the hurt of so many people that are going on right now. Unless Mike, Trevor, or Cornell have anything to add, uh, we'll go next to, or Trevor, go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. All right. We'll I go. Some, I say some personally, you know, I was kind of heartbroken at first because, you know, I feel like growing up, I've seen this over and over and over again. And, uh, but to keep a long thing short, you know, right now I felt more hopeful than I've had in my entire life. You know, I've had tough conversations that, you know, I could have never seen myself having two months ago. You know what I'm saying? And I've had people reach out that, you know, I haven't talked to since middle school and high school, you know, that, and that like to me has shown me that, you know, the whole world curls right now, you know, it's bigger than me being a football player. It's bigger than me being, you know, a student athlete. You know, these people care about who I am. You know what I'm saying? They care about my family. They care about our race. You know what I'm saying? And they want to see changes. So that's just been so hopeful to me. And you know, I appreciate Appreciate everybody coming together for this issue, man, because it means the world and we about to change the world. So there you go. A couple of statements from several of the Clemson players who are going to be a part uh, of the peaceful protest that's planned. Again, it's called the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration uh, and March for Change. And I know we got a break coming up in about 45 seconds, but Trevor Lawrence also gave his thoughts on this. And, uh, you know, I, I think from that standpoint, uh, he is, you know, he hears what his teammates are, are telling him about their lives and the things that they've lived through. And we've got the entire audio over on ClemsonSportsTalk.com. If you want to go over there and listen to it, it's about 45 minutes. Uh, we'll just give you a couple more here on the show today. But when we come back, you'll hear Trevor Lawrence tell you his thoughts on uh, the purpose behind what these guys as a whole and the team as a whole are, are trying to do to raise awareness uh, of these issues. Stay with us here on the show that shakes the Southland. Back at it on a Thursday, Tim Beret set to join us here in just a little bit. Again, uh, the movement taking place at Clemson this weekend, the Clemson Community Peaceful Demonstration and March for Change uh, has been organized by Darian Rencher, Trevor Lawrence, Cornell Powell, uh, and and also Mike Jones Jr. Uh, Darian Rencher tweeted, if you show up on Saturdays, show up this Saturday. Uh, and then, you know, they have the plan for from 6 to 8 p.m., uh, Bowman Field, uh, everything that they're going to be doing. Dabo Sweeney is expected to be there in support of these teammates. And I still have seen some people that uh, have been very negative uh, about you know what these young men are trying to do, which is surprising to me because these are the guys that so many of you are rooting for on Saturdays. Yeah, that, actually, the majority of you, because most of the people listening to this show are Tiger fans. But here's what Trevor Lawrence had to say, and I want everybody to listen carefully. This is a young man. I'm telling you, his draft stock improves more off the field with the things that he says and does perhaps than the things he says and does on the field. So I hope some of the adults will listen uh, to what this young man uh, had to say and, and why he felt like this was an important thing for him specifically to be a part of. And, and he's really not just the face of this program. Uh, he's the face of, of college football. Here's Trevor Lawrence today. Oh, that um, Mike, Mike kind of sparked a thought for me. I think at first, just seeing everything that's going on and talking to some of my teammates, at first you you have something in your gut that's telling you like you need to do something. And then the next step is like you get kind of overwhelmed, like 
like what can I even do? And then it's it's been really, really, I mean, it has been exhausting, but also really cool to see how everyone's come together in, in that next step. Like step three of this has been, let's figure out what we want to do and, and the right way to go about it. And we've just all been united. There hasn't been any division as far as what we want to do. You know, even if we've had any disagreements, we've all just really gotten the same page. And it's, it's kind of amazing that we can get this many people on the same page to, to do something that'll bring everybody together. So that's, those are my two cents on it. Hey, thank y'all for doing this. Uh, my question is for Cornell and Darian. Um, with you guys being seniors, I was just wondering what, what that senior meeting was like with Coach Sweeney, uh, what, what you guys kind of told him, what your message was to him, and what he shared with y'all and what, what he had to tell y'all. So the, the, the meeting was basically about just him being able to listen to us and hearing our, hearing our pain and hearing our frustration with what's been going on around the world. You know, the, the black players on the team are, are really hurting from everything that's been going on. And he did a really great job of just listening, understanding and, and hearing us out and, and hearing our thoughts. And then at the end, he even gave some great feedback and um, great discussion for us. Uh, he gave us great opportunities that we have in the future coming up, uh, a couple of things that we have growing up. So yeah, I think it was really good for him, for us to get our, get our feelings out and come together as a group. And then we also decided on having a team meeting to do it. You know, it's only, we only had 16 seniors there. So we felt like we needed to do it with the whole team. And once we did it with the whole team the other day, I really feel like we grew as a team and we moved forward. Yeah, I would, I'm gonna second everything he said. And also just for the record, my boy Trev is actually a senior. He graduated in December. So shout out to my boy. Uh, so just for the record. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I would just say like, just what Cornell said, man, um, it was probably my most impactful meeting over my four years at Clemson, just because I feel like it was so authentic and real. Um, I think everybody is hurting in some way. And I think every, we're all trying to figure out what we should do or how we should go about it. And I think a lot of people are confused. Some people don't know what to say and know what to do. A lot of us want to bet. And for the first time, I find listen to us, like, uh, like Cornell just said, like Coach Winnie, uh, Miss Kathleen, they, they just want to listen and hear our hearts. Um, and I think it was just awesome just to see a group of guys from different places and different spaces and totally different backgrounds. Uh, there'd be a space for people that, man, you can't really blame somebody for how they grew up. A lot of people, man, they have experiences like I have experiences myself, like they haven't, haven't been exposed to things. And it was good for them to hear some pain, some anger, and some real stories that weren't fabricated or weren't made up. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. For them to understand, like, this is, some people live different, have different views of America uh, because of the color of their skin. And at the same time, to hear the support of guys who have like, become aware that they may have been ignorant because, like, if you're white, it doesn't really affect you. Uh, and it's easy not to care. But at the same time, it's, uh, if you care about your brothers, you care about humanity, and you have a heart, you do, you become compassionate about things that may not affect you, but you know that they actually do affect you because they affect your brother. So I think it was great. Um, and I appreciate Coach Sweeney for even hosting it at his house. Uh, it was just, it was awesome. Um, and I think it's going, it's going, these are, these are the moments that are kind of coming out to the light of moments like that in the shadows. So. 
There you go, Darian Rencher, uh, the last voice you heard there, sort of addressing the issues. And Rencher gets emotional a little bit later and uh, after he's asked a question uh, about everything that's going on. And, you know, again, I want to encourage you, and I, I've tried to do this for several weeks. It, it's hard sometimes to look in the mirror. It's hard to uh, reflect and, and think about, have I done enough? And, I, you know, I, I posted the story and somebody put a post up that said that, you know, the, the, the phrase Black Lives Matter inherently was racist. The, the phrase is not only Black Lives Matter. And, and it's to bring awareness uh, to the issues that so many uh, members of our, our black communities face on a regular basis. If, you know, if this is a breast cancer rally, that doesn't mean that other cancers are less important or don't matter. If this was saying, hey, South Carolina matters because there are issues that were going on uh, in the United States and you as a South Carolinian wanted to raise awareness that, hey, our state matters, it doesn't mean that the other states don't matter. And so I think that if you, your narrative is always going to be negative that you're being attacked when somebody says, hey, you know what, I'm supporting the Black Lives Matter movement like Trevor Lawrence is doing, I think you got to really start to think about what these young men, these young black men whose shoes you haven't walked in, are saying about the lives that they've led. Compassion, empathy. I mean, these are, these are core values to what has made America honestly as great as it is because we do have compassion and empathy for others. And we do our best to look at what somebody else is dealing with and say, okay, how can I help? Are we, you know, as I said yesterday, we're not a perfect society. But for crying out loud, we can't be better yesterday. So we got to keep looking forward like Dabo Sweeney always talks about. And so don't get steamed up when you hear that word, that phrase, because it's really trying to bring awareness to a specific issue, just like breast cancer would bring awareness to breast cancer issues. So my good buddy... Larry, listening to the program in White Bear Lake, Minnesota, says, Yes, Swanee, there's a little hitch in the giddy-up. There's a little something-something going on with the audio today. What I'm going to do, Larry, is one of the riskiest things I've I've probably ever done in the history of this program. Um, I'm going to reset my network during the break. I I, I tried to uh, fix things on this end a few minutes ago, but I don't know if what I did fixed it or not. So I'm I'm banking on Larry or somebody else saying, Swanee, that sounds better. You got it fixed. Um or not. So we're gonna find out. Hopefully when I play back this audio from the, the, the players again it won't be too bad. I don't know what's I don't know. I, I noticed that in their audio I can hear it, but yeah, you know, I, I don't hear it in my audio. I sound crispy on this end and, and p- potentially people on Facebook may not hear it. It may be something in the uh, transfer, but I mentioned Darian Rencher and uh, getting a little bit emotional about uh, a question that he was asked by uh, one member of the media. And so here's the question and, and here's Rencher's follow-up earlier today. 
Hey, uh, guys, first of all, just let me say uh, from the human aspect of it, I'm proud of all four of you as an older guy, uh, proud, of, proud of the stand that you guys are, are all taking. Now, from the sports writer part of it, Darian, this is your community college-wise, but this is also your community. This is where you grew up. You grew up right down how important is this for you, you know, to not only foment change, you know, at your school, but, but seeing as how the, this is also going to impact the place where you grew up and, you know, hopefully have a change on, on, you know, where your home is. Man, I'm, I know you could get emotional over a Zoom call, but your boy getting, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but no, I think that's like, that was always a dream, honestly, to come, uh, come play here and then ultimately impact my community in a way that's positive. And I think um, for, such a, for such a time as this, that's the thing that keeps going on in my head. I feel like a lot of moments, a lot of relationships, a lot of decisions have been culminated for moments like this for me to, along with my brothers, to make some positive change. And it, it does me well because, I mean, my family's gonna come out, my friends I've grown up with that. And I feel like it really, we're from South Carolina. So let's not like, I like <laughs> speak some history. Uh, we were the first to see from the, from the, like the United States uh, when everything was going on back in the day. And it's, there's a lot of deep root things here. I think it's, it's been awesome through like Clemson, Clemson in general, but even just people that have been fighting for this, like to come together because I feel like South Carolina really does need some change. Um, and I, it's been, my heart has been so overwhelmed to see it really happening. And for my generation to just carry for it from all the people that have sacrificed up to this point, people that have fought for this, people that have made courageous decisions. And I feel like it's just our time to, just do our part. Like Trevor was saying, just, we're just playing our part. Um, and like you said, it really, it really is special. Um, I feel like it's almost like God had a plan. Um, and I think it's, it's going to come together. So hopefully we can just encourage people to, at the end of the day when they leave on Saturday, it's like we're all in this together. We all got different roles to play and we want people just to run in their lane because they got, there's things that I can do that they can't do. There's things they can do that I can't do. So that's the message. It's like, hey, how can we all come together ultimately to like, to raise up people, to empower people, and ultimately to all of us to be to be equal. So thank you, David. You're the man. Hey guys, thanks for doing this. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen that Coach Sweeney has taken some some pretty heavy criticism very publicly, and I'm just curious how, from the four of y'all's standpoint, he has handled this. Oh, I'll take it. Um, I feel like Coach Sweeney knowing him personally for going on five years now he's been nothing short of amazing to me and my family since the day that they came to my house uh, he's such a genuine 11 guy and everything could be taken and misconstrued but coach Sweeney is really a genuine 11 player person and every player that he's ever coached can, can back that 100 percent um and everything that's been going on he's handled it perfectly to me i feel like He's come out and uh, he's communicated with us, uh, the seniors having that conversation, that discussion, and then having the team meeting to address the situation and, and letting everyone get their feelings out and, and not trying to hide behind things. So, Yeah, and I would just uh, kind of back Cornell and to say, um, I think I think everybody, as, I, as I've talked to older men, younger men, I think we're all in a position where we can all be educated and all learn how to better handle the situation. I think that's like everybody. I think everybody's on the same plan. So like this is a new territory for some people. And it's just like we're all trying to figure out, hey, what's the best way to go about it? I think the best thing he's done is like consult the seniors, our staff. And as far as we're, we're trying to come together as a team and be unified. We don't want, we don't want to let anything divide us. And that's kind of community is like this could be a moment to divide more people we want to unify I feel like Coach Sweeney's tried to do that really well with our players 
our staff and ultimately just anybody uh, as we as he's empowered us uh, through Paul journey and through other things for us to even have this event had this thing on Saturday like he that was him empowering us for years like giving us his players a voice uh, and more of a voice so we can use it to, to make some change there you go some comments from those guys and, and I tell you it is an impressive collection of individuals I, I understand that there is going to uh, be two sides to every coin and, and arguments and this that and the other but for crying out loud if you're going to say hey look we got some guys that are going to stand up and represent our university. Those players are doing an unbelievable job. Their message is concise. Their message is clear. It is thawed out. Uh, it's been empowered by Dabo Sweeney. It's being supported, uh, obviously, by so many other people. I'll be interested to see uh, how many people come out. They've got lots of different uh, – I don't know what the right word is for this, but lots of different – you know, things in, in their statements about how, when, and where uh, from the standpoint of Bowman and the timeline, but also I'm just pulling up Darian Wrencher's tweet here again, where he said, you know, essentially if, if you're going to be there for us on Saturdays, be there for us this Saturday. And if you show up on Saturday, show up this Saturday. That's what Darren Wrencher tweeted out. But I mean, the itinerary will include some opening remarks. There'll be a eight minute moment of silence uh, two-mile march. There'll be some closing remarks. They encourage everyone to wear a black shirt, bring water, wear a mask due to COVID-19, practice good, safe social distancing. They say coming together for what's right. We look forward to coming together as a unified community to help encourage change and put an end to systemic racism. And then there's the hashtag Black Lives Matter with the Clemson Paul underneath it. That coming from uh, those members of the Clemson community and the Clemson Tiger football team attempting to make a difference this weekend. Tim Beret, historian, joins the program next. We'll ask him about uh, activism from the standpoint of athletes in Tigertown. Stay with us. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Ready, Just call me Swanny. Tiger style. Tiger style. Is our number two? That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland Clemson Sports Talk. Lawton Swan hanging out with you, and you know what that means on a Thursday, five o'clock as you get in your car to make your way home. Tim Beret joins the program as he does each and every week. Tim, hope you're doing well. Good to have you on the show, my man. Doing great. How you doing, Lawton? Look, I'm good. I, I tell you, today was a, a unique day. We got a message pretty early in the the afternoon from. 
uh, Ross Taylor to say that uh, four Clemson players, uh, Trevor Lawrence, Darian Rencher, uh, Cornell Powell, and Mike Jones Jr. will be speaking about the upcoming uh, march that's going to be taking place in Clemson, the peaceful protest that's going to be going on this Saturday. And, you know, I, I thought about the message, and I played a good bit of it uh, from those young men for our listeners earlier. But when you when you hear the whole thing in its entirety, it's over on our website right now, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. You've been around this program a long time. The maturity level that we see in the young men that are now a part of this program seems so unique in sports. Would you agree with that statement? Yeah, you know, I will, I will say this, though. Um, you know, everybody was critical uh, 25 years ago when the NCAA had those rules that made the uh, entrance requirements stiffer. I think that across the board, it's led to uh, a more mature group of uh, student athletes that's going to uh, to college and uh, and can um, you know deal with the things that a lot of the guys are having to uh, to deal with. And so, um, yeah, I think across the board, you can say that about a number of student athletes at uh, at schools across the country. But there's no doubt that. Um, uh, the guys that Davos got in his uh, program of, uh, are pretty sharp, and uh, and we're seeing that, and, and especially the case in terms of leadership, and we're seeing that in this instance. Tim Beret is on Twitter at Tim Beret, former Clemson SID, a legendary Clemson SID, I should say, and a historian that knows the ins and the outs of Clemson football dating back to uh, his arrival there in the late 1970s, and Tim, from that standpoint, in your role and your capacity uh, serving the program, were there social issues that uh, player-led demonstrations that you know you had to sort of help navigate and, and work through during your time? And not to this, not to this degree. I would, I would say. I mean, there were, um, you know, there might have been some some issues, but not not with the national scope as we're seeing uh, today. Now, there were times that there were things within the program. Uh, for instance, when um, you know when Coach Ford departed in uh, in 1989, um, there were a lot of upset uh, players, quite uh, quite frankly, and um, so I kind of had to manage that with the help of Annabelle. Vaughn <laughs> Myers is now the NC State SID. We were kind of <laughs> we're like double agents back in those days because we knew the guys, you know, the, the media was going to get a hold of them. So we decided to organize it. And so we picked, Annabelle and I picked three guys to kind of be the spokesman for the teams. And when they, you know, CNN would come up from Atlanta and, uh, and so uh, we made sure that whenever they spoke that they're wearing jackets and ties and, uh, you know, that they still represented the program. Uh, well, that was kind of a crazy time, but it's kind of different, obviously. I don't know that I can compare to, I mean, that was just a thing within the program. Um, nothing that compares to uh, this issue today. Tim Bray joining us here on Clemson Sports Talk. And one of the phrases that I believe Brent Venables uh, uses quite a bit is uh, get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I, I mentioned that to our listeners because I think that's where a lot of people uh, are going to have to get on this issue and really look themselves in the mirror. 
Uh, and I, I see so much value in not just because he's probably the face of college football, but, you know, to have a kid like Trevor Lawrence also be very active in the social uh, media side of this and being out there and, and really being the face of uh, this movement for positive change, I think is a, a big deal and speaks really volumes about his character and his priorities. Yeah, he has uh, done that right from the, uh, from the get go. And it's uh, yeah, quite frankly, it's been natural. I mean, I don't think there's anybody coaching yeah. him or suggesting or he just, uh, I think he, he's done it uh, naturally. And you can see the response from his, uh, all of his teammates and they um, appreciate the leadership that he has taken and um, you know, his understanding of the, of the situation. You know, I, I think about the Dabo Sweeney and, and the, the heat that he's been on recently and the statements that he's made. And certainly you know, last week and then this week, the comments that he's put out there, I, I think that it's difficult when you open a microphone and are willing to kind of spill your heart out there to always uh, hit every point that you want to have made. Uh, what did you take away from this week's statements, uh, Tim, in particular, uh, on the, I don't know if the word is the attacks that were out there on the program, but there were a lot of people really attacking maybe the credibility of Dabo Sweeney. What did you take away from what he had to say this week? Yeah, well, I thought his uh, his statement that he did, uh, the video that he did was uh, was good. I mean, some people gave him a hard time about you know waiting until he uh, he, he did it, and uh, but in a way, by waiting, he was able to capture everything at the uh, at the same time and kind of address all the issues that had come up. Yeah, um, you know, it's obvious that when you're as good as we have been, uh, that, uh, you know, whatever he says one way or another is going to, uh, you know, get a response because he's at the top of his, uh, his, his profession. But, um, you know, obviously some of the initial, you know, tweets that came out, some of the things that were uh, in there said, you know, were not true. Um, you know, for instance, um, you know, Canyon Tuttle said that a player had, had I mean, that a uh, coach had called a player the N-word, and, that, you know, that's not what happened. What happened was he was trying to, you know, discipline the player to not use it, and he used it, which was probably not the right, right. way to handle it, but he certainly was not calling a, a player that, and Dabo, um, you know, did not tell uh, players to... Uh, to stay away from the uh, earlier demonstration that was taken a couple of years ago at at Tillman Hall, he was he was just telling them, as he said in the in the statement, that um, you know, first of all, know what you're protesting about, and number two, be aware that out of all the all the people there, all the students there, they're going to center in on you, uh, which was something he. I think any coach would want to tell his players to make sure they thought about, uh, you know, what they were doing. And so, uh, you know, I can see him doing that just to prepare his guys. On Twitter, he's at Tim Beret, Clemson historian, legendary SID, joins us here every Thursday to take a look at the ins and the outs of 
uh, the landscape of Clemson Tiger sports and you know we've seen a, a unified front from the the basketball program the women's basketball program I mean it, it seems like there is a, a great deal of solidarity across the the landscape of the athletic department at Clemson University in terms of these issues that we currently face but there are obviously other members of the Clemson quote family uh, fans that may not support these issues and, and I think one of the key points of this is how how do we come together in a time where so many people are still trying to pull us apart Tim and and I would ask you you know what do you think the message needs to be to those fans that maybe don't feel like this is such an important issue well, I think they just need to look at their heart and look at the, uh, you know, each situation that has uh, has taken place. I mean, I think if you're a fan of Clemson and you're a fan of the school, you just have to have confidence in the coaches and the student athletes that, you know, they feel strongly about something and and they're going to react uh, accordingly and to, you know, just have you know faith in their feelings of what's the uh, you know, the right thing to do. And, um, you know, with, with the leadership of Dabo Sweeney and from the player standpoint from, you know, Trevor Lawrence and Mike Jones and some of the other ones, I, uh, you know, I think they should have, you know, faith in their decision-making and their feelings. Tim Beret on the show that shakes the Southland today. Tim, let's shift gears away from those conversations and talk a little bit about uh, the Major League Baseball draft. I know seven players were selected from the Atlantic Coast Conference, a much smaller draft than usual. Obviously, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic playing a, a big part in that and also in the readjustment and, and how these players can come back for that super senior year, so to speak. Everything about this time has been unique. I don't think anybody's backing off of that statement. But just simply from the standpoint of – you know, kind of seeing it unfold, no Clemson Tigers taken in this draft, not really was there anybody expected to be taken per se, but th this just spells to me, you know, when that's the story out of the Atlantic Coast Conference, seven players, small draft, uh, just how impactful this thing has already been on sports. Yeah, it's really going to be an interesting, uh, you know, for uh, for ball and uh, I see where the NCAA did give some relief as far as the number of scholarships and your roster size so you'll be able to take these kids back uh, because quite frankly you know it look like they're going to have a lot of places to play this summer and and into next year so you know they might as well come back to school which you know, I think is a good thing because they get another year of education under their uh, you know under their belt Baseball is unique in that you – I've always had so many, um, you know, minor league teams and never played major leagues. True. So they really need to fall back on, uh, you know, on their degree because four or five years down the road, even if they're playing the minors or get to triple A, uh, you know, they need to be ready to go with, with something else. So, um, you know, in a weird way, I think it's actually – um, a good thing for uh, for college baseball, you're going to get a lot of talented players come back in here that you wouldn't have, and also for the players themselves, you can have far more guys who are going to end up graduating. 
That's a solid point from Tim Beret here on the situation with college baseball and what that shift will look like next year is this year was just weird. I don't know another, I really don't know another way to put it. I'm not sure we'll ever see anything like this again in our lifetimes. And Tim, I know this past weekend on multiple outlets across the state, we kind of touched on this last Thursday was the fact that, you know, Clemson's greatest games, this new program that was being put together, you were a big part of that. And even though it was a game that you weren't at last week, that Clemson and Syracuse matchup, uh, this week is Deshaun Watson and and Lamar Jackson battling in Death Valley. The production value. I don't. Did you get a chance? Did you sit down and actually watch it this week in its entirety? First off, yeah, I did. I thought the guys at JMI did oh. a uh, a great job. I mean, it's really uh, a different way of. I mean, it's only a half hour show, so like I, I think I told you before, it was not going to be just a. You know, show the plays uh, real quick and then, uh, you know, move on. They got an awful lot of interviews in there and uh, kind of tell, got a chance to tell some the uh, behind the scenes or backstories. And uh, I think I think the, the production, everything was uh, was very well done. So, yeah, oh, I'm looking forward yeah. to, uh, to seeing this week. I, I said this and I, I, I if you told me if you put a, a ESPN 30 for 30 side by side with a singular Clemson football game, you know, in Clemson's greatest games, I couldn't have told you that it wasn't done by ESPN. I mean, that's how good it was. So I'm encouraging Tiger fans out there to check their local schedules, check their local market, find it this weekend because it will be uh, Lamar Jackson and Deshaun Watson going head to head there in Death Valley and you know, during those days, or like 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 that's eons ago or something. But you know, night games and the night atmosphere now in Death Valley is just ratcheted up to a completely different level, and you could really feel it early in that game with a couple of quick false starts by uh, Louisville. When did, in in your mindset, did that atmosphere at Clemson? for a night game, which wasn't always the norm. We know that. But when did it really get to the level we're currently seeing it? Well, uh, you know, we didn't have any night games between 1956 and 1992. Uh, we brought night games back in the, in 1992 when we played uh, Florida State, which was the opening season, and it was the uh, – it was the second game. And, and, you know, the atmosphere for that game was Oof. was was pretty good. Now, sure. obviously – the better your team is, the better the uh, the atmosphere. But but I, you know yeah, you know any night game at uh, at Clemson has been you know very uh, you know very exciting. But uh, obviously in recent years when Clemson's been as good as we've we've been, um, it's been even more so. But but I but I tell you that Florida State game in 1992, uh, there was that was a great atmosphere then too. I mean I know we went on had a didn't have a good season, but uh, that was, you know ended up a twenty four twenty game, and Charlie Ward took uh, Florida State back to a touchdown with a couple minutes to go. But basically, throughout that whole game, it was uh, it was pretty electric. Who uh, who had the interception return in that game? I keep wanting to say Arlington Nunn, but that wasn't it. Who was that for Clemson? No, um, no, no, no. It was James Trapp. James Trapp. There you go. James, James Trapp. Trapp made a lot. Yeah, I was kid. James Trapp. He. He made a lot of money on that interception return <laughs> because he, he, now James didn't have the greatest hands in the world because everybody always talked to Coach um, Hatfield about why he didn't put James back on kickoff returns. 
And he kind of half kiddingly said, well, you got to catch the ball first. <laughs> uh, you know, and then I always said, well, why don't somebody else catch it for him and just lateral it to him? Um, but anyway, <laughs> uh, he, he showed incredible speed on that. And that play, of course, you know, James ended up, I think he was a third round pick. But he ended up playing nine years in the NFL and he got a Super Bowl championship ring and had a really nice, uh, nice career. But uh, that, that one game, that one play really, uh, uh, a big difference for him. Yeah, I don't know why I couldn't think of of James Trapp's name for whatever reason, but he kind of bobbles that thing, brings it in, and and that was a, an electric atmosphere there in Death Valley, and and there've been many through the years, but uh, in recent years, I would attribute some of the what I would call the atmospheric conditions that we see now to the additional jumbotrons, the the larger size on each end, the strip boards, and the way they are able to play in the lighting, uh, so to speak, during the ball games, just to kind of uh, ramp it up just a, a notch or two for Tiger fans. And I know there's a lot more moving forward in Death Valley that uh, it's going to take the aesthetic appeal for fans and the environment to another level. And, Tim, you've been there to see so much of it from uh, the, 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 the new, uh, I guess, the uproar in 84 and, and all the additions to Death <laughs> Valley. Pretty incredible. I, I know it's got to be from your time there. Yeah, I remember we had a big card section uh one of the games in nineteen eighty four in the upper deck and and did uproar eighty four because that was uh that was kind of the the theme uh the theme that, that season. You're right. Hard to believe. Tim Beret, over forty years in Tigertown. We appreciate you every week uh taking about twenty minutes for us and look forward to talking to you next Thursday. I can't wait to watch Clemson's greatest games this weekend. I know it's gonna be spectacular. Yeah, it should be good. I'm because that was uh, what a matchup of quarterbacks uh, that was, and then you know as those guys go on in the NFL, it it makes the legend of that game get even better. There is no doubt. Tim Beret, follow him on Twitter at Tim Beret. Tim, we'll talk to you next Thursday. Have a great weekend. Okay, lot. Always good to hear from Tim Beret here on the show and uh, to get his insights uh, into the program. And I love his statement there about you know what if you if you have issues with uh, the things that these football players are standing for and, and speaking out on uh, open your heart. And I think Trevor Lawrence uh, utilized that phrase as well. You know, seek it with inside your heart uh, to understand uh, where they're coming from. And I, I, it's hard. I've said this. It's hard to you know, put your, your mind uh, in that lens. It's just difficult because you haven't lived that life. But, you know, I think that uh, Tim's phrase there uh, really, uh, really says what I think a lot of people feel about this issue. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan. Appreciate Tim Beret on Twitter, at Tim Beret. Again, in hour one, Chris Landry. LandryFootball.com joins us as well, plus all the audio. Well, not all the audio. You want to get into all the audio? You can. It's over on our website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. If you are a premium subscriber, it is just $63.17 for a year to join us, and you can become a premium subscriber. You could try it for a dollar. If you go 6317, that number is familiar. I don't know why it would be. I mean, I just kind of you know, took some numbers, drew them out of that, 6317. Sounded great. And so $63.17, that's $0.18 cents a day to support us. 
and uh, we'd love to have you be a part of it. More digital content than any other Clemson site, and we are growing. And that's the thing. It's a new avenue, but we really need you to come post, too. Listen, read, post. You can listen a lot. You can read a lot. We'd like to see you post a lot and uh, help us grow. Come over to ClemsonSportsTalk.com on Twitter at Clemson Sports or even ClemsonRadio.com if you just hate typing. That'll save you a couple of keystrokes. All right, so there's some news out of Durham uh, with the Duke Blue Devils and Zion Williamson. I I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, but you know there were some circumstances uh, with Steve Smith, former Clemson assistant coach, and and Zion Williamson that ended up in Steve Smith's contract not being renewed and uh, Smith moving on. Uh, He's now at Florida State, last I checked. But uh, Zion Williamson, there is a lawsuit right now with new... Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Legal filing stating that Zion Williamson was ineligible at Duke. Now, I know what you're saying. Shocker. Uh, But given the fact of what we heard about Zion Williamson... Uh, and his recruitment, it, it certainly felt like uh, from the onset that uh, the way he ended up at Duke was suspicious because, by all accounts, most people in the Clemson family you know, really thought that he, he was probably coming to Tigertown. I think it was a bit of a shock when he chose to go to Duke. Now, Zion's former marketing agent says that he received benefits from Duke and that there are text messages uh, that exist uh, between Nike officials that would you know, indicate that. Uh, there is also a claim that points out to the fact that Zion Williamson's family went from a very small home uh, to a house worth nearly a million dollars in the Durham area that had a, I believe, the monthly, the monthly mortgage on said home was nearly five hundred excuse me, nearly $5,000 where their previous residence was, I I think, around $900 a month for their mortgage. So, uh, again, I don't have these numbers sitting in front of me, and and you could certainly dig that information up. But, I mean, they essentially went from what appeared to be a a small duplex-type house to what appears to be something that a professional basketball player would live in. And that's great if he's a professional basketball player. Unfortunately, he was a player at Duke University. Uh, there are also some cars involved in the depositions that were put out, uh, including a a um, Mercedes G-Wagon and two other very nice vehicles that would have come under there. Uh, many people wanting to hear more and more from Duke But it's not just Duke that's kind of embroiled in this. Kansas also a part of it because of a wiretap conversation between uh, former Clemson Tiger point guard Merrill Code, uh, who has been a part of all of this. Uh, They say in this call between Mr. Code and Mr. Townsend, Townsend says, 
when they were referring to Zion Williams, uh, they say, Zion Williamson, they say, between me and you, he asked about some stuff. And I said, well, we'll talk about that. You decide. Merrill Coach said back, I know what he's asking for. This is the player. He's asking for opportunities from an occupational perspective. That's, you know, jobs for his family. He's asking for money in the pocket. And he's asking for housing for him and his family. Mr. Townsend says, so I've got to just try to work and figure out a way because if that's what it takes to get him for 10 months, we're going to have to find another way. So you've got Kansas in it. you got Duke in it. You've got uh, just the ugly side of recruiting and basketball coming out. And again, I, I go back to what I said the other day when we were talking about Brad Brownell and, and this Clemson Tiger basketball program. People ask me all the time, Swine, do you want change at the top? Do you, you want to see a new coach? And I joke. I say, I fired the guy three times on the air for bad losses and bad seasons. But, I mean, that's just uh, – I say that in jest because, yeah, you know, my job as somebody that's North Floor for life and, and somebody that's got a, a microphone in front of them is to be critical and also to be supportive. And I'll, I'll tell you that I don't think pressing reset on Clemson basketball has ever worked. And I don't think pressing reset on Brad Brownell is going to make this program magically uh, appear as a consistent NCAA tournament team. I believe that the track record that Clemson has put together team, I believe that the track record that Clemson has put together on the hardwood indicates to me that whomever you put in there as the head coach, their track record is going to be eerily similar to what we're just accustomed to. And I think at some point you cross a threshold of, is it worth it to reset? And I think you see Brad Brunell building a foundation. I think you see Brad Brunell bringing in better and better players. And quite frankly, I'm to the point where I don't want to see reset pushed on Clemson basketball again. I'd rather, I'd prefer to see Brad Brownell continue to ride this thing out, continue to build this program the right way, and to hopefully make it a program that gets into the playoffs or into the postseason more frequently than not. But I will never be a proponent, especially in my older age. When I was 21, I would have told you, cheat until you are caught but establish your program. That would have been what 21-year-old Swanee would have said, I don't care if you got to pay Zion Williamson a million dollars. Get him to Clemson. Let's win. And then if there are ramifications on the back end, oh, well, we've built a program that people know we'll get, we'll get back to good. Swanee in his elder years and his experience would say it's not worth that. I'd rather just build it the right way, and I think pressing reset is not the right way to do it. But be thankful today that you're not the Duke Blue Devils, that you're not Kansas, and that you're not having to deal with what they are having to deal with, even though they are power brokers in college basketball. We had a break. Stay with us here on the show that shakes the Southland.
Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan. Thanks for hanging out. I, I've just, I don't know, man. Sometimes, sometimes you get a little chuckle. You get a little chuckle watching stuff. And so I was looking back at uh, some videos during the break, and man, uh, facial expressions, facial. <laughs> You know what I wish? I, I, I like I know some of you can watch this show, and and uh, by the way, uh, we're expecting to have uh, potentially Patrick Sapp on the program tomorrow to talk with him about some of the stuff going on and his uh, hopefully help some of his playing days at Clemson. But um, you know, you can see my face, right? So you you can see how I react when 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 things are going on. I I wish I had a camera <laughs> so that I could see. Yeah, how you react uh, sometimes. It's just funny, man. People are human beings. <laughs> you could like, you could read them uh, by a book. You could read them uh, like a book, I guess I should say. 803-450-0086. 803-450-0086. You can actually call that number if you'd like and leave us a message. Uh, but if you don't want to do that, you can text us and, and be a part of the program and Share your thoughts on anything we've talked about today. Uh, I, I thought Chris Landry, I don't know if you heard that uh, out of the gates, but uh, catch the reset on the podcast or uh, go over to ClemsonSportsTalk.com because we'll have that one sliced up for you in a separate interview uh, going into uh, his thoughts on Lawrence, ETN, and, and, ultimately, and ultimately Justin Ross. Now, I think there was a, a key point he made, you know, when you deal with neck issues, or back issues, uh, it's one of those things that can quickly take away everything that, that you thought your life would hold. And this goes back to the value system that is in place at Clemson and the reason you hear these individuals like Trevor Lawrence, like Darian Rencher, uh, like Cornell Powell, like Mike Jones Jr., not just stepping up, but understanding that while their their platform is football, football doesn't define them. And people came after Mike Jones Jr. on social media, at least one person, and probably more. I mean, yeah, I don't spend my days like looking for the people that are trolling Clemson Tiger football players, but some kid said, some guy said something to the effect of, oh, you're just there to play football. Um, you know, the other stuff doesn't really matter. And, and I, I told you this earlier this week or late last week, Mike Jones Jr. tweeted an image of the back of his helmet. He's like, you see that, the 3.0s listed on the back of my helmet? That's because I've had better than a 3.0 grade point average. And he talked about how his education is everything to him. And so... You know, going back to what Chris said about the possibilities that a guy like you know Justin Ross could possibly never play football again. I mean, not not you know successful surgery, everything looks good. Maybe he'll come back. Maybe he'll play. But this reaches into the design behind Sweeney's vision for this program by creating generational change and allowing so many players not just the opportunity to be successful on the gridiron but to be successful off the field 
to earn a degree, to be a play a player relations program. And so from that standpoint, you know, when Chris is going in and talking about Justin Ross, I get it. You get a level of concern for what it could hold for the future on the football team. But the reality is that a guy like Justin Ross is in a position now because of the program that Clemson's put in place that if it doesn't work out on the gridiron, no, he may he may, you know, he may not go on to a to sign a multi-million dollar contract to do whatever job he chooses to do. But it doesn't mean that when football went away, so too did a successful life and a and a great opportunity. And that's the that is the thing. Like if you if you want to know, like if you want to know why parents want their kids at Clemson, that's it. It's because you don't know when the game is going to go away. And for Ross, this issue was something that was he was born with. This was not. I mean, now that led to the issues with the stingers that he was feeling. But it could be something that he can't escape. And maybe he can't play. But the on the field aspect of what Clemson has done to dominate their competition is insignificant by comparison to what they are doing for these young men off the field. It's insignificant. Families wrap their minds around that. Families of student-athletes understand that. And I think when the fan base not only begins to understand that, but recognize that that's part of the reason that these individuals recognize their platform and are empowered to stand up for what they believe in and do so in a fantastic way, you know, the better off everybody's going to be because that's going to bring people together. It's not going to divide. Christian Wilkins had some words to say today, talked about Dabo Sweeney, talked about uh, racial issues in our country. Christian Wilkins, one of the more jovial Clemson Tigers in, in my life, like Christian Wilkins, Reminds me of of you know, like every every class in school, grade wise, not necessarily a singular class, but I think every grade kind of had a Christian Wilkins kind of guy, fun loving, always smiling, put his arm around you, tell you that he loved you, uh, just one of those uh, true kind hearted spirits that are out there among us all. You think about it, you know the guy in your your graduating class that was the Christian Wilkins, so to speak. Well, Wilkins spoke on uh, some some of these very difficult issues uh, that we are dealing with, and uh, we'll tell you some of the things he had to say as we get set to put a bow on the show. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. 
lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Thursday, Lawton Swan, the show that shakes the Southland, your website, ClemsonSportsTalk.com. So we're talking about Christian Wilkins just a few minutes ago and uh, some of the things that, that he had to say on these issues. This is from an article on PalmBeachPost.com. Uh, Wilkins said, quote, it's hard not to get emotional uh, over racism. And uh, he also talked about the fact, and you may recall this story from his his time at Clemson, um, but his grandfather, the man that that he looked up to, uh, was tragically uh, shot and killed in his own home when uh, Wilkins was young. It was a circumstance where uh, a police officer's gun uh, discharged and uh, tragically uh, took the life of the man that Christian uh, looked up to. And so from that standpoint, uh, Wilkins has seen a, 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 a very rough side of things uh, from this standpoint. His, his grandfather, who Christian said is the man I love most in the world, he said when he was 15, uh, Yuri Stamp Sr. was shot when his home was raided by an officer who said his gun accidentally discharged. Uh, Wilkins went on to say that, you know, in addition to being uh, emotional when you have strong feelings to what's happening right now, he says it just hurts. He says it hurts to see what's happening to a lot of people who look like me, and it's something that's been going on forever and stuff we've always had to deal with, but now the rest of the world is really starting to see what we go through as a black community and the changes we face uh, day in and day out. There's also some video uh, that goes along with this from Twitter. Uh, Wilkins said, though, that he's glad that his, his fellow athletes are you know, advocating for change and that uh, he says he thinks now is definitely a good, positive time for some changes to really happen and that it's great that he sees a lot of his counterparts, a lot of his brothers speaking out, speaking up, uh, whether it's guys in the NFL, NBA, Major League Baseball, wherever, he says a, a lot of people are speaking up and using their voices. He says it's great because change needs to happen, and everybody has a part in it. Whether you're black, white, it doesn't matter. Uh, Wilkins also uh, was talking about Dabo Sweeney and the recent uh, issues that have brought Dabo Sweeney's name into this and uh, those that would attack Dabo Sweeney from the outside. Wilkins said, you know, granted, he might not have said all of the right things. He might have done some things that people disagree with, and that maybe I disagree with. But that just shows 
where someone like me could really be a help to Coach Sweeney too, just as someone who was close to him and someone who loves him to continue to help him and to educate him. Uh, Wilkins went on to say that I know his heart. He said, I see a lot of different things being said about him and I don't necessarily agree with uh, because I know him personally. Sweeney also, I mean, excuse me, Wilkins also commented, on the uh, Danny Pierman situation. He said, obviously, I know about the situation. I was one of the guys who was first informed about all of that. He said, obviously, I wasn't happy that uh, he had used that language at practice in front of everybody. Wilkins went on to say that his experience at Clemson was different than an everyday black student. He said that, you know, when he arrived from Massachusetts, where he grew up, he was a little bit of a culture shock. He said, in terms of me personally dealing with specific examples and instances of racism, there were fewer of those that he dealt with, for sure. So from that standpoint, you know, Christian Wilkins voicing uh, his thoughts on the situation. Again, Wilkins, the 24-year-old, uh, second-year defensive tackle, is the representative. Get this. We talked about the players that come out of Clemson's program. He's the union representative for the Miami Dolphins, heading into just his second season in the league. So uh, you're talking about a guy that you know, went from being the face in a lot of respects of the Clemson program, especially on the defensive side of the ball, to really you know, being the face and now the voice for the uh, entire Miami Dolphins organization uh, to a degree, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Obviously, with Tua coming to town, uh, he'll be a big name for everybody to keep their eyes on. But you know, this is you know for the for these individuals who played football that you rooted for, that you went out on Saturdays and, and cheered for uh, vehemently. You know, this is something that uh, affects them daily, and they have their lens on it. They've lived it. A lot of us uh, have not lived that aspect of it. And, you know, I think that's the thing that I've been trying to point out for, it feels like, a couple of weeks now on this whole deal. I think it is incredibly difficult to put yourself in someone else's shoes. And I know you can't see things from their lips because you didn't live. Much like they can't see things from your lips in live. But we cannot continue to attack one another because there is so much value in it. And, and, and go over to Clemson Sports Talk and listen to the entire interview. Darren Richard says something. He said, look, are like 99.99999% the exact same. Exact same. And you know, the melatonin, no, not melatonin, melanin in our skin, the color of our skin is determined by melanin. The same thing that determines the color of our eyes. And how silly would it be if we judge people based on the color of their eyes? You know, so we got to look at the content of our character personally and make sure we're doing better uh, individually. I think it's so important. We got to get out of here. Can't wait for Friday. Hopefully we'll have Patrick Sapp on the show. Uh, until then, as always, y'all take care now and go time. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.